With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Syndicated Source Material. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Syndicated Source Material. Not a whole lot of pre-roll here for this episode. This episode was released around the new year of 2015. Original length of the episode appears to be 32 minutes. Okay, so according to Mike's Amazing World of Comics, this issue that we're getting ready to cover, which is What If Volume 1, Number 31, What If Wolverine Had Killed the Hulk, was cover dated February of 1982, uh, on sale date of November 17th, 1981. You'll hear me talk about this as actually two stories in this book, and I only covered the one, which was Wolverine. Wolverine killing the Hulk and the tale that ensued from there. I don't think I gave credit to the creative team in the issue itself. Uh, according to Mike's Amazing World of Comics, writer was Rich P. Margopoulos, penciler Bob Budiansky, inker Mike Esposito, lettered by Karen Nemery, and colored by Bob Sharon. So there's the credits for the upcoming issue. Don't have a whole lot to say about it. It was just a solo episode that I recorded. I think most of what I tried to do during that week of Christmas and New Year's was to try and put content out like once every other day or something. I think if I remember right, most of the Radlich and broadcasting shows went on hiatus for the holidays. And I said, well, I'm going to go ahead and step in and do a few shows. This whole What If series that I did was recorded between those two weeks, the week of Christmas and the week of New Year's. And my intent was to make them quick. Boom, here you go. Here's a taste of it. But, of course, with guests, those episodes didn't come, turn out short. Well, this one right here definitely did. So this episode is going to clock in in a little bit over 21 minutes. Going to be a real quick shot of What If Wolverine Had Killed the Hulk. So enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of Source Material. I'm your host, Jesse Starcher. This is a pretty quick one. This is only a 20, about a 20-pager. Two two stories in this What If. This is uh, What If, Volume 1, Issue 31. What if Wolverine had killed the Hulk? A lot of you may be familiar with Wolverine's appearance in Hulk. I think it was Hulk 181, where the Hulk was battling Wendigo and showed up. Wolverine showed up and proceeded to have a battle with old Jade Jaws, we get our first appearance of Wolverine. And from there, it's history. This particular issue came out in February of 1982. But as I said, it it uh, throws a question out there as to what would have happened if in their first meeting, Wolverine would have killed the Hulk. 
So let's get to it, shall we? All right. So we open up where the Watcher has given us his lowdown here as to what happened in the Marvel 616 continuity, where, you know, Wolverine had showed up, uh, I think helped Hulk battle the Wendigo. Uh, but in this particular reality, Wolverine takes, helps take care of Wendigo, then proceeds to go after the Hulk. The Hulk's, of course, he's your Hulk smash. Hulk, where, you know, little intelligence, just a complete rage monster. And so him and Logan, Wolverine, get into a fight now. Wolverine is a mutant who has a pretty decent healing factor and has the skeleton. His skeleton has been coated in a, a very um, strong, a very strong metal called Admantium. He also has these claws that pop from his hand, three claws that pop from his hand, again covered in admanium. Uh, admanium's really very tough metal, so uh, wears a yellow costume. His early appearances, his costume's yellow and blue, and he's got whiskers. And it's not the Wolverine that a lot of people, a lot of us know. His, uh, his, uh, his signature Man, I don't even know what to call it. The thing that kind of covers his eyes, it's almost like his, his mask, I guess, that kind of, it goes, it, the, the mask flares up, kind of like his hair does, if you're familiar with some of uh, what you, some of the early stuff of Wolverine. But anyway, that's not that prominent in these in these early goings. And granted, that doesn't matter, although they do make a little bit of a, a deal out of his costume here uh, in this book. But, all right, so we got a battle here between Wolverine and the Hulk. Uh, you know, the Hulk is calling him a little man, and of course, Wolverine's not taking to that one too kindly. Uh, and really, we only get one page of a battle between Hulk and Wolverine. Wolverine, re uh, I guess he makes the, the assumption that the Hulk is weakest in his throat and he's quick enough to avoid the getting hit by the hulk and he just keeps slashing using his admandium claws and slashing at his throat to where he ends up killing him i, I pretty much i'm guessing cuts his throat bad enough to where he bleeds to death and the hulk dies um so that's the end of the hulk now we get some pages here where you know we get general thunderbolt ross and uh betty ross are Betty Ross is really upset about the fact that Bruce Banner, uh, you know, is is the Hulk, and, and that he was in. She's obviously lost him, and General Thunderbolt Ross is uh, comforting his daughter. We also have the uh, next few pages are our introduction to the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Okay, now the Brotherhood is led by the X Men's greatest foe. And that is Magneto. Um, now, the members of the Brotherhood at this point in time are... There's a few that I recognize. One of them is the Blob, who, by the way, is not wearing a shirt at all in this comic book. And it is... <laughs> it's a little... Uh, uh, it's just scary. Uh, the Blob is a... He looks like... Um, Man, I don't even know what to, I don't even know what to say. He's just wearing underwear. I mean, black underwear is pretty much what he's wearing. So, most of the blobs that I've seen, usually the dude, the appearances of the blob, not most of the blobs, most of the appearances of the blob that I've seen, the guy's usually wearing a shirt. But, uh, I guess apparently in these early appearances, and he, he didn't care what he looked like. So you got the blob, uh, his powers basically, he's, fat and he's unmovable uh, and he's strong okay that's about as as uh, basic as i can get there we got eunice the untouchable uh eunice has some kind of crazy power and and well i'm gonna have to hop onto wikipedia real quick just to give you an idea powers and abilities 
A mutant that possessed the power to generate a field of invisible psionic energy around his body. The field acts to deflect objects and even energy beams and can withstand great concussive force. Hence the name, Untouchable. So, we have Eunice the Untouchable. Uh, we have a, a lady by the name of Lorelei who has a power where apparently she can sing and it will parallel, uh, she's got the siren voice. So she can sing and when men hear her sing, they're paralyzed. Okay? Uh, we, we have Magneto, Master of Magnetism. There's also Mastermind who can create, um, illusions. They're just illusions. It's not like there's anything that can hurt you. It's just basically there to, to psych you out. And that's the members of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. So we have really just a short introduction. The books, you know, the books spends a page just kind of talking about the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And Magneto's up there, and they're watching the news reports of how the Hulk got was had had gotten killed. And that's pretty much all you see there. Now, Logan Wolverine is at this at this point in time Wolverine is you know this is right around his first appearance he is a member of uh department let's say department H a Canadian is basically a Canadian group that mil- military group and they're the ones that's dispatched Wolverine out to take care of this Hulk and Wendigo thing because it was happening up in Canada. Well, Wolverine makes his way back to the base. He's at a bar, which is kind of a frequent, uh, frequent hangout for, <laughs> it's right across the base, by the way, uh, the Canadian base that he's heading back to, but he's hanging out in the bar instead of going back to work. And he gets into a bar fight and he pretty much kills a guy. He snaps. This guy had a gun, was pointing at him, told him to freeze, and Wolverine popped his claws, went after the dude, and killed him right in front of, like, 20 people. So Wolverine starts freaking out. He's like, I've got to go talk to my superiors, figure out what to do. So he goes to the military base. The, I, they don't, I don't think they call this Department H anywhere in here. But he heads back to the, you know, heads across the street to the Canadian base and, and goes and talks to uh, James McDonald Hudson, which I believe, and I could be wrong on this, I'm thinking Sasquatch, but no, I'm sorry, he's the Guardian. Guardian was a member of Alpha Flight and Canadian superpower, you know, similar to the X-Men. He's sitting there, he goes over to, goes over to talk to his superior and says, man, you know, this is what happened. He's up front with his superior and the guy's like, okay, look, we can't, you just killed a guy. This is what James Hudson's telling him. You just killed a guy. You're going to have to go through the justice system and we'll, you know, we'll try and support you as best as possible. And Wolverine's like, screw that. I'm not even going to take my chances. Um, you know, he's familiar with the fact that, you know, how the world will probably treat him, the fact that he killed a human. So he takes off. Now, as he's running, he actually ends up getting beamed up to this ship. And here it is. It's Magneto's ship. Magneto says, "Hey, why don't you why don't you join us?" Wolverine is so desperate that he knows there's nowhere else to go. He agrees to become a member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Uh, so right there, you're like, "Oh man!" Now Wolverine's fighting for the bad guys. And Wolverine, man, you talk about a very powerful, powerful mutant. For he's now fighting with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. All right. So then we cut to Charles Xavier and the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. And here we see our typical X-Men danger room fight, you know, our intro to the X-Men. We got Iceman. Uh, granted, these are a young bit of X-Men. We got Iceman. We've got Angel, who is in his original, you know, feathery wing formed. We have Marvel Girl, uh, Jean Grey. And we have Cyclops. I think that's it. It's the only four you really see fighting here. No Beast, 
Nobody like that. So it's an early ver, you know, it's the early version of the X-Men. Xavier starts freaking out because he senses this mutant is nearby and it turns out the mutant's like heading right to the school. <clears throat> so he sounds an alarm. In through the door walks Wolverine. So you're like, well, wait a second. What's going on here? What's Wolverine doing, uh, at the X-Men's, you know, residence right after he just joined up with the Brotherhood? Nothing good can become of this. Well, sure enough, Magneto sent him on a mission to befriend the X-Men. Then at some point, Magneto and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants are going to strike. So Wolverine is then brought into the X-Men. He becomes a formidable, formidable ally with the X-Men by helping them take down some Sentinels. And at one point, even uh, one Sentinel was about to kill uh, Wolverine or at least get a really good shot in on him. And Iceman and Marvel Girl saved him from getting hit. Uh, so Wolverine is now starting to realize that, you know, these, these guys are... You know, becoming friends, and he's he's regretting the fact that he has to betray them at some point. Now, cut later to that night, Wolverine makes his way over to where the Cerebro program is, or the Cerebro um, computer is. The Cerebro program is basically, or computer is a a device that helps uh, helps Charles Xavier with basically augmenting his psychic powers. Charles Xavier is like a class one or whatever they call it. He's a he is one of the top psychics, you know, in the Marvel Universe. I say psychic. That's not what I want. Telekinetic. Man, what is what is his uh, power set? It's, uh, I, I, use, I, I think, I, I mean, he's a, he's a telepath. And he can sense and read minds and all this stuff. So anyway, he goes over to Cerebro. Wolverine goes over to Cerebro and just takes his claws and shreds it to pieces that night. Ends up running into Jean Grey, and Jean Grey talks about how he needs it. This is the part where I was telling you about how they talked him into changing his costume. She pretty much says, you know, you need to take those those whiskers off. You look too fierce. Uh, so he cha- he ends up changing his his costume. Now, for those of you who are pretty familiar with Wolverine, you know that he's got a thing for Jean Grey. Well, this book doesn't, sh- you know, this in this particular reality, nothing really kind of changes. He, again, starts to get feelings for Jean Grey. And, and when Magneto shows up that night to remind Wolverine of what needs to be done, Wolverine's like, look, the deal's off unless you let Jean Grey go. That makes Magneto upset. How dare you? I'm the one running the running the show here. I says, fool, I have no desire to injure any fellow mutant. I wish only to capture the X-Men and convince them to join me in my war against humanity. Wolverine's satisfied with that. Magneto, he... By the way, Magneto's showing up via uh, astral form by using his magnetic powers to uh, create a image of himself in Wolverine's room. Which uh, Some of these things, when you read some of these early comics... You know, you start to try and figure out how in the hell did they do these things? You know, like, how does Wolverine know where to put himself in, you know, in that room and create a astral image of himself by using magnetism? I mean, you've really got to take your brain on a trip and try to do the math to come up with crap like this, if it's even possible. You see that a lot in early comic books, but this is the 80s, so whatever. (laughs) So, and he is the master of magnetism, and he is one of the most potent mutants, which he could very well do that. I mean, maybe he can sense every magnetic pole or, or the Earth's magnetism and is able to sense crap like that. That's pretty dang powerful if that's a, if, if, if he can do all that in order to figure out where someone is at a certain time. I mean, he's almost all-knowing. Uh, or maybe he has to sit down and really put his mind to it. But I think he does, as a matter of fact. In order to use his power, I mean, there's a point in this book where he actually uses his powers, and he 
is weakened after he does it. So, there. There's your little bit of discussion on Magneto's powers. Okay. So we cut to another Danger Room sequence where the X-Men are, um, the X-Men are, you know, training in the Danger Room, and then, ex- boom, explosion. And then through the wall comes the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants as they walk through the Danger Room wall. You know, the, the X-Men are stunned and getting up off the floor. Uh, the first thing, and, and by the way, there's the blob and all his, uh, Flabby dabby glory. <laughs> Immediately, Magnetos tells Lorelai to start singing, and that paralyzes the men of the group. But of course, the only X Men that's able to kind of move and get around is Jean Grey. So they devise a plan and to try and drown out her singing. Okay, I don't think she has like super, you know, super loud like a sonic power or anything like that. She just starts singing, and men start falling down, paralyzed. So the their plan is to go trip the alarm for this uh, for the danger room and drown out Lorelai singing, so the guys can finally get free and we can have a battle on our hands. Jean Grey takes off running, and oh by the way, Wolverine has got special earplugs designed so Lorelai's singing would not uh, affect her or affect him, I guess you should say. And by the way, Magneto gave him some kind of scrambling device to scramble Charles Xavier's. Telepathy, uh, so that Charles would have no idea what the plan was. Okay, so Jean Grey's taken off running. Magneto raises up this metal panel off the floor and flings it at her. Now, remind you know again, Wolverine can move; he's not paralyzed, anything like that. And he sees that that Magneto is about to hurt Jean Grey, and of course that sets him off. And he takes off running and flings himself in front of this metal panel uh, to save Jean Grey's life or save her from getting hurt. Jean Grey's able to go over there, trip trip the alarm, and we get ourselves an X-Men versus the Brotherhood fight. Uh, so I'm going to detail the battle here for you real quick. You know, I'll give you give you shot by shot, hero versus villain. Angel takes off flying and, and the mastermind uses his uses his uh uses his illusionary powers to create a big set of scissors to go after Angel's wings and that kind of freaks him out. And he also sets up this big monster to go after him and that kind of freaks him out a little bit. But Jean Grey is is smart enough to realize that that, that it's the mastermind that's behind this. Angel flies over and gives him a huge right that's a cross, I would say, and knocks knocks mastermind out. Wolverine is going up against shirtless blob, okay? And here's where you get, you start to wonder about some things. He, I mean, Wolverine, first panel you see, Wolverine has got his left fist buried into the blob's stomach, all right? Claws are popped, my friends, and the blob has no problems with the fact that he's getting stabbed by these claws. And, of course, the blob is immovable, so he's yucking it up, talking about how nothing can move the blob, and hits uh, Wolverine, sends him flying into the wall. Well, Wolverine figures out, which I think a, there's been a few battles where I've seen the blob being involved. They He he uses blob's inertia, or his momentum, uh, to best him. And there's a punch he throws at Wolverine. Wolverine ducks, and then Wolverine pretty much just grabs him and does a... Well, I can't even call call that a wrestling move. I'm sure it's something in in the in, in the squared circle, almost like a a monkey flip, but not really. He Wolverine puts his head between the blob's legs, lifts him up uh, as he's going forward, and then pretty much brains the guy. I don't say brain him because he's still alive, but knocks the guy out by running him into a wall. That's the end of the blob. Blob's taken out. Well, now we've got Eunice, the untouchable, and he is, you know, he's taking on both Cyclops and Iceman. 
as they, uh, you know, Iceman's got this huge, like, ice, an ice pike is what they're calling it. And he's going at Eunice and he's hitting, he's trying to hit Eunice. And of course, the pike's breaking off like maybe mere feet in front of Eunice. You can't touch Eunice, the untouchable, for Pete's sake. Well, Cyclops figures out, okay, well, I'm not going to touch you. And takes his eye beams and cuts this big thing out of the, this big circle around Eunice out underneath him in the danger room. And Eunice falls through the danger room floor. And Iceman follows that up with a ice cap. <laughs> uh, Tim Hortons, give me some money. Yeah, he puts a big old block of ice over this hole. <laughs> okay, yeah, the mini glacier will keep him under wraps for the duration. So uh, Eunice is under the floor and he's trapped. Now, Magneto finally makes his way over to the alarm, trips trips the alarm off and tells Lorelai to start singing again. But unfortunately, Jean Grey has taken Lorelai's hair and pretty much wrapped her up wrapped her up in her hair and gagged her with her own hair. So she can't sing. Now we get the full force of the X-Men, including our newest member, Wolverine, heading after Magneto. Magneto hits him with this huge blast and knocks just about everybody everybody out, including Charles Xavier, who's watching this go on from a danger room window. Huge blast, knocks everybody just about out. And here Magneto is about ready to take them out as they're laying on the floor when behind them strikes the Wolverine. Wolverine is taking his claws and he's taking swings at Magneto. Magneto's laying on the ground trying to avoid these claw shots and Wolverine slips into that rage, that berserker rage, gets ready to kill Magneto and Cyclops steps in and stops him. Hey, you know, you're not a murderer. You're an X-Man. Wolverine definitely stops, you know, and Magneto's laying on the floor, but he's still conscious. And as Wolverine's got his back turned, Magneto kind of turns over with his dying breath. Magneto makes Wolverine pop his own claws. Then Wolverine takes his hand, claws popped, puts him up under his neck, and then shoves him up from his chin up to his brain. Wolverine is now dead also. So at the end of this, Wolverine's kind of laying there. Again, this is the 80s. It's Marvel. Comics code approved. You see, you know, there's no there's no real blood, but you get the idea of what's happened. This is enough, apparently, to kill the Wolverine because Jeannie's sitting there. Jean Grey is going, Professor, isn't there anything we can do? I'm afraid that Wolverine is beyond help, says Charles Xavier. Now, I guess it didn't go fully up into his brain. I, I'm, I assume that it cut his throat. I, I don't know, but he's dying. And Wolverine looks up at Jean Grey and says, if only things could have worked out differently. If only. And proceeds to die. So all three, Hulk, Magneto, and Wolverine all died in issue in this issue. That's the end of the issue. I mean, it, Wolverine dies. You have the Brotherhood over here looking at Magneto, laying on the ground. You've got the X-Men surrounding Wolverine after he dies. And that's the, that's the end of what if Wolverine had killed the Hulk. Uh, you now know what occurred in this issue. There is a second story, by the way, in this issue. Apparently, this was only 20 pages. There's another, like, uh, 18, 19 page story of what if there was no Fantastic Four in this same issue. So, pretty good story. Now, I know that what if, the what if series, I'm pretty certain I think they did a what if the Hulk had killed Wolverine. Uh, I think that occurred there in the second volume of What If. So if I get a chance, I'll bring that on here. But uh, for right now, I'm just going to go ahead and end the, end, this, end the episode. Like I said, we're not going to have any plugs. not going to do any of that. Just going to keep it nice and short. Uh, for now, I, I want to thank you guys for joining me again on Source Material. I'll be talking to you soon. Thank you very much for joining us. 
Do not forget to subscribe to our new home by punching in W2M Network on just about any podcast platform to get all of our content into your audio feed. Also, give a like to the Rattlich in Broadcasting Network and W2Mnet.com Facebook page in order to stay on top of everything that we have to offer. If you'd like to follow the Source Material podcast on social media, just follow at SourceMatCast on Twitter, and we are on Facebook at Source Material Comics Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please feel free to share. We look forward to entertaining you again soon.